The Next Round, a marketing inspiration podcast. Hello, and welcome to The Next Round, the AAR podcast about the transformation in marketing of some of the UK's most famous brands. I'm your host, Robin Charney, and I've been working in digital and marketing for over 20 years and now help other marketers with their business challenges as the lead consultant for the ecosystem design practice here at AAR. Each episode is a fast-paced conversation with a super smart marketing leader sharing the story of their heritage brand, its history, transformation, and most importantly, its next round. Why heritage brands? Because their evolution is more interesting, richer, and more complex. And frankly, we've all got something to learn from them. I'm so excited to be chatting with some amazing marketers this series, such as Michelle Roberts from BMW and Craig Inglis, formerly of John Lewis, just to name a few. Today, I'm chatting to someone who I think probably has one of the most fun jobs in marketing. Please welcome Benazir Barley Batata, Marketing Director for Cadbury, Green and Blacks and Maynard's Bassets. Hey, Benazir, welcome to the next round. Hello, Robin. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. And I definitely agree. I have one of the most fun jobs in marketing. You really do. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Um, Let me tell you guys a bit about Benazir. With 17 years marketing experience and part of the Mondelez UK leadership team, Benazir is marketing director for Confectionery, responsible for some of the country's best known and I would say loved brands. Under her leadership, Cadbury has become the nation's favourite biggest and fastest growing chocolate in the UK. Some achievement. She was the UK (laughs) lead for a hugely successful brand reset and repositioning of Cadbury in 2017, moving from joy to generosity, resulting in a multi-award winning communications campaign and double digit brand growth. She has been responsible for some of the brand's biggest innovations, started the charity partnership with Age UK, and driven in-store activations with Cadbury FC. She is also sponsor for Mondelez's Race Relations Network Employee Affinity Group. My goodness, there's so much there I want to dig into, Benazir. But first, I just want to give the listeners a little bit of a history of Cadbury because I just found it so fascinating. So, founded in 1824 by John Cadbury, a Quaker. He was inspired to sell drinking chocolate as an alternative to the pervasiveness of alcohol. And that meant lots of gin back in the time, even to children. In 1878, the company founded Bourneville, a countryside estate for workers, unheard of at the time. And the Quaker beliefs of the founding fathers also led to an enlightened approach to employee health and well-being. And at the time, the estate included such unheard things of as education, health and sports facilities for all workers. So pretty amazing kind of founding principles. And I guess what I wanted to dig into with you, Benazir, is how does working on such a brand with such a rich history shape Does it shape the type of marketing you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in recent years, Cadbury has rediscovered its principles by re-engaging with its past. And Cadbury's history, as you just mentioned, is a great Mm. one from Mm. the outset. John Cadbury wanted to create um, a company in 1824 to give back to the community around him. It's a clear generosity of spirit in in this company that was there right from day one. And you know, we've taken those inner truths of the company and the principles of this company and put them into our brand and again. And this, we've not only done that in marketing and communications, but we've done it. I mean, obviously, we've done it in marketing and communications in the recent years, but we've also done it with more focus, more clarity, and more enthusiasm now. But we've also done it culturally in the business, so everyone in the organisation now feels a little bit more pride and belonging, and it means that you know this history, as you put it, is really embedded in our culture, both in as an internal culture, but also what we show externally to the world. But there's so many examples of our fantastic, you know, his fantastic generosity of spirit. It's just crazy. 
Have you got a favourite? The fact that it was created as drinking chocolate as an alternative to gin. I mean, that's amazing. the founding principle. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, I think just during the war as well, they stopped, um, um, they gave their fresh milk to the government to help mm. with rations uh, and they put skimmed milk powder into Cadbury Dairy Milk Chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's fresh milk again today. Um, I think we've taken these principles in our new advertising. So you've seen our advertising from 2017 onwards with the mm. uh, little girl that goes into a corner shop. That was our first TV advert when she buys a bar of chocolate for her mother with little knickknacks, you know, mm. not mm. with money, with yeah. little knickknacks. And then, you know, it's really she wants to buy a cho- bar of chocolate for her mum because it's her birthday. And then the shopkeeper gives her back one of her her favourite knickknacks. So it's to show his generosity as well. So, you know, we during COVID, we've been donating media space to local businesses to get the advertising rather than using it for ourselves. You know, this generous spirit of um, the founders absolutely lives on. So you said to me, you know, this great history, what's it, does it shape the type of marketing you do? Obviously, our principles, our founding principles absolutely live on the marketing we do he, he had this very progressive value there at the time and we like to continue that spirit but of course with a legacy it always feels like you're making the difficult second album mm-hmm. yes. and it always feels like that so we've always got this pressure to live up to great marketing and also consumer expectations mm-hmm. do you think that history is an unfair advantage against your competitors do you think it gives you an edge in the market that others might not have I'm biased, but you know. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> I'm so inspired by Cadbury's history. I'm so inspired. Is it unfair? Is it a fair advantage? I'll come back to that. <laughs> um, You're allowed to have an unfair advantage, by the way. <laughs> I think so. I think so. You know. Yeah. Also, when you look at our history, whether that is you know from leading the way in workers' rights or all the great work that we've done with Cocoa Farms in Ghana and Ivory Coast. We're also a brand with a great advertising history that make people smile, feel good, and sometimes even singing along. You know, you remember yeah. the adverts. I don't know if you do remember the adverts, Robert. Oh, you've been here for a long time. I've been here a while. You? I remember. Yeah. I definitely remember. So, yeah. I remember like growing up as a kid, like adverts like Finger of Fudge, Just Enough. Mm. Um, and Everyone's a fruit and nut case, yeah. you know, milk yeah. tray man, the yeah. flake girl, gorilla, or even the old advertising posters. So, yeah, it's brilliant. You can't help but be inspired. So is it an unfair advantage or is it a fair advantage, I suppose, is my question, because yeah. it's been won over decades and decades yeah, of great it's, marketing. It's a treasure trove. It's a treasure trove. Yeah. And there's a lot of hard work that's gone into that. Absolutely. But we feel the the burden, you know, mm-hmm. it's a motivating burden, I suppose, is the way to say it, because yeah. we want to keep that legacy. We've got a standard to uphold and carry on for the brand, on the brand for another decade for mm. someone else to carry the torch. You know, absolutely. It's not, we're just yeah. custodians of the absolutely. brand. Absolutely. It's been around for 200 years. We want it to be around for 200 more. We no. really do. Absolutely. No, I, I feel that weight of history when I'm talking to you. And I guess <laughs> it's interesting in the FMCG category, you know, if you think about that as a vertical, it's going through so much transformation, isn't it? Like regulation, routes to market, change in the way communications is done and where you need to be as a brand. But with all that, I mean, Cadbury's is still the fastest growing FMCG brand in the UK at the moment. So I guess I'd love to hear from you. What's the biggest change you're seeing in the sector and what challenges does this bring for you at at Cadbury? Speaking generally, first of all, challenge for marketers is the same. It's always the same one that Darwin identified 150 years ago. You know, it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives, but it is the one the most adaptable to change. And marketeers are really good at change. And, you know, we've got to make sure we have the right organisational culture, workplace culture, and we need to be able to test, evolve and learn. And marketeers are really good at that. And I suppose, how is our sector changing? And it's evolving rapidly. Mm. High fat, salt, sugar legislation is coming. 
growing focus on well-being and sustainability, consumers holding big brands to account, evolving shopping habits like the rise of e-commerce and continuing shifts in media consumption. So as a marketeer, we're always, you've got to keep on being on the lookout for opportunities in these trends, as well as making bold moves when required, so as to push your brand into new spaces. Mm-hmm. Is there one out of all those challenges that keeps you up most at night? High fat, salt, sugar yeah. legislation that's coming. Absolutely. Mm. How so? There's just so much coming. It's going to massively mm-hmm. change the industry. It's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely soon. So yeah, and we're, we're getting ready for it, uh, but it's going to be a transitional period. There's so much regulation in, in that space that yeah, as a marketeer, it's kind of like a constant carousel, isn't it? There's always something coming, mm. you know, and not to mention a little, you know, a pandemic that came out of nowhere as well. So I, I, I really, I really enjoyed your point about adaptability being the key skill that a marketer has to have. And I think that's a really good insight because it, it's it's just true. It's the capability we all need most as marketeers um, because you just don't know what's coming around the corner at any point in time. So I think that's a really interesting point. Um, I mean, you've been with Mondelez via Craft since 2004, I think. So have you seen the role of marketing within Mondelez change and evolve in that time? I always think... Um, you know, FMCG marketers are so well-rounded and they're close to the product and the commercials. I, I always kind of admire mm. the FMCG sector because I think it's such a great training ground and foundation for great marketing because you're always connected to the business. Do you think that makes for a better marketer, that kind of connection to commercials as well and that kind of well-roundedness at FMCG? You know, they're brand marketeers, but they're also commercial marketeers. Sure. Uh, yes. I mean, it's mainly what I've known as well, but I, I, I see oh. the benefit. I suppose... I joined, as you said, 2004. I joined as a marketing assistant on Dairyly Lunchables. <laughs> and at the time, Jamie Oliver was in the press calling Dairyly Lunchables. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I will. He was calling them donkey bollocks. <laughs> so I cut my teeth on a brand like that. Wow. Um, you've got, you've that got scars, Benazir. You've got scars. <laughs> scars. I have scars. Uh, but brilliant. Fantastic training ground, stomping ground. And mm. I worked there, did various roles in I worked my way up um, to brand manager and innovation manager because in market in marketing in Mondelez, innovation is a skill within the marketing function. So you learn that as well. And you get very close to the commercials. And then it was in 2010 that I went to Cadbury. And I was actually, I'll tell you something. I moved to an innovation role in Cadbury first of all in, two, in 2010 when Kraft took over Cadbury. And Margaret Jobling, who you interviewed, um, uh, well, who you had the podcast. One, one of my you... girl crushes, yes. <laughs> exactly. She's amazing. She's amazing. She uh, interviewed me and hired me. And I I spilled a glass of water on her in the interview. <laughs> I kid you not. I made my mark. I'm like, it obviously oh worked. <laughs> top, tip, top tip listeners, <laughs> spill something on the interviewer in your interview and you're bound to get the job. I got the job. I was so happy. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, I, I launched loads of innovation that year. I really learned loads about innovation working on chocolate. And I, I think you've really spoken about some of the innovations I've launched. And then over time, I, I worked up my way into equity roles, marketing manager roles, and today marketing director. So I've seen loads of change. I've seen loads of change. And you mentioned about the commercials. I, I think I've seen this change in marketing where I think there was a time when marketing was very much like communications and actually today it's not like that 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 is a part of our role and I love it and don't get me wrong absolutely one of my favorite parts of the role I've got a spike in that area really like something that I love but 100% we're very much linked to the commercials and whether you're doing a base business role whether you're doing an innovation role 
we have this. We know our, we don't know just our brand metrics. We know our financial metrics. We know how to build a PL. I don't know any market, if, all marketers in Mondelez know how to write their own PLs. They know impacts of any different costs, impacts of a capex, impacts of an imp- increase in promo funding. We've got a hurdle rates that we need to meet for revenue, for profit. We, we can write that. And I think it does make you better because I think we know our brand metrics. We know our sales metrics are very close to the sales teams as well and, and sales revenue planning and our financial team. Um, um, and we know our financial metrics. And I think if you don't know all those things, then you don't know how to grow your brand. And I think you're only doing half the job of marketing. And so I think it's absolutely vital that we continue with that. And it does make, you know, FMCG marketing is great stomping ground for that. And I think it makes it a very fun job because Mm. of it. It's a great training ground in a really kind of fast-paced environment when where there's so much learning opportunity. I always, I'm always kind of jealous of having not started my career in that space because I think it's <laughs> such a well-rounded training ground. So I've always kind of admired it from afar. Um, let's talk a little bit about creativity, which is, you know, kind of, I guess, one of the other major ingredients in, in our marketing world. You move the brand to a whole new creative territory, which, you know, for a brand with 200 years of history is a big deal, right? It's mm. a big, scary uh, change a lot of the time. So can you talk to us a little bit about that, you know, why you did it? And more importantly, I guess, also how you brought people along with you, because I know those sure. kinds of changes are always, they're always challenging. You have to get a lot of people mm. on the bus, don't you? Yeah, the key thing, the mm. key thing is to create a vision mm. and then consistently communicate that vision with purpose and passion and energy and conviction. And then importantly, to enable other people to contribute. So we found to bring themselves to that vision, people can then act on it in their own roles and feel like contributors on the journey and feel part of it and Mm. they own it too. So we all know change by definition isn't easy. We know that. We need to celebrate the wins on route, small, big, create that sense of momentum. It's a useful parallel. It's another historical moment. Bourneville, when it was first open, you know, the family said to its workers, you know what, please give us ideas, give us innovation ideas, give us better efficiency ideas for the factory, make it work better. If we decide to do your idea, you will get a sizable return. And it was revolutionary at its time, really visionary. It's so straightforward today, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely the same thing. It's like setting a vision, getting people a part of it, make them the change makers, the active contributors. And actually that's what strengthens and accelerates change even better. So oh, that's what yep. we had to do. Makes perfect sense. And did your agencies help you in that kind of setting of the vision and, and selling it in? Absolutely. VCCP were key. Um, and we've always had really good partnerships with our agencies, mm. like um, working with different ones across the world. Our agency relationships are super, super, super important. We really need to invest in there. And of course, they helped us. They helped us. Obviously, when we were going to the pitch, like, we defined our problem, but then they came to us with our, yeah, your problem's right. And this is how we're going to solve it. And this is how you're going to help us with the vision. And they came in with our sessions to sell this in. We're absolutely partners. You can't hold your agencies at a distance. If you want them to make great work and do more work than just making beautiful adverts, they can do much more than that. You've got to bring them involved. And they absolutely were there every step of the way. Talk to me a bit about the what makes a great partnership, I guess, and how you kind of help your marketeers be better at that. Because it's a skill. It's a skill. Again, that's one of the ones they don't teach you at school, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think it's really clear for me that uh, from experience that success with an agency requires the traits of a a good relationship, a good friendship, I'd Mm. say, as far as that, like trust, openness, honesty, vulnerability. Having shared goals and a mutual understanding of the strategies, absolutely, of how we're going to get there is key. 
and also this willingness to challenge each other and to be okay with it um, and embrace the difficult conversations. You know, you need that healthy willingness to push each other on and also to acknowledge each other's contributions when it all comes good, because it does always come good. I mean, David Ogilvy famously said that clients get work that they deserve. Mm, um, yes. So, <laughs> And so it's vital. We ask our marketers to invest in that relationship, to invest in knowing their brands, their consumers, make sure they do great briefings. You know, you've got to be involved all the way and just keep on discussing, keep on debating, keep on embracing, keep on, you know, keep on it, keep on it. And healthy tension is fine as long as there's always that mutual respect and everything's in service of great brand building. So it's a really fun part of the role. And I think it's hugely important, that relationship. It is. And it's, it's you know, looking at the business as a whole, it, it's really only marketing who have that huge reliance on kind of external partners a lot of the time, isn't it? And that skill set, mm-hmm. you know, the the product team might not have it or the finance team might not have it as much. So I always think it's a really interesting how marketeers acquire those those skills. And clearly it's foundational to the type of marketing you do. Are there other skills or capabilities that you think are kind of coming to the fore for marketeers, that there's a, a shift and a change, or do you see the same skills always being kind of foundational and important? Obviously, there's loads of foundational skills. Mm. Some of the key skills I'm looking for today that have changed, so empathy, vulnerability, the ability, but more so the authenticity to lead, be yourself, the courage to fail, fail fast, ask for help, whether so that's linked to vulnerability, and I like to look for people with high DQ. So I learned about this recently and I love it because it goes without saying high IQ, high EQ. Um, but there's something called DQ and I recently heard about it and it's called the decency quotient. <laughs> and it's all about valuing uh, yeah. kindness and appreciation. I think marketers at Cadbury have this in bucket loads and it's very much linked to what Cadbury forefathers were all about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super, super important. And I think that's what we're looking for in marketing in Mondelez or Cadbury in particular. Now, obviously, and also from the past, I mean, you know, we recognise the importance of diversity and inclusion, recruiting, retaining people, super important, always has been. John Cadbury, you know, mm. he established the company with progressive ideals right from day one. It's our responsibility to continue them. And it's the right thing to do, you know, as well. That's amazing. And I'm just, I'm kind of processing the DQ thing because I haven't heard that before, but I think... Um... I think it's a really interesting kind of metric, isn't it now, or something? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to think how you hire for it. Like, how do you know when you're hiring someone that they've got high DQ? How do you demonstrate it? I think it's do you about spill water on people questions. and apologize a lot? <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Is that it? Oh, God. <laughs> You'll never forget that, will you? Never. Never, never forget that one. Speaking on that kind of new ways to measure marketeers or new new things that marketeers have to think about, you know, you mentioned sustainability. Is that something that you've kind of come across recently? Yeah, it's being looked at, especially mm. with our agencies. Like, how mm. do we minimise waste? How do we look at this further? I mean, we the huge focus is really much on the packaging, the product, yes. whether that's sustainability of how we produce cocoa, what we do with our cocoa life Um initiative with, with the farmers out in the, the Ghana in Ivory Coast, making sure the sustainability re- imbe- principles are really embedded there. I mean, I could do a whole podcast on that. Uh, also, packaging is what we're <laughs> Sure. The packaging, loads and loads of work is happening on Cadbury. Well, headspace reduction, re- reduction of CO2 emissions, water reduction in our factory. And then also loads of, I was going to say, loads going on in that manufacturing and fact, area. Yeah, it's amazing. This just 
wasn't part of the kind of marketing vocabulary five years ago or 10 years mm. ago, was it? It's just no. the marketing, you know, I always kind of sit back and kind of revel at how much the, just the, the job of marketing has changed so much in the last decade, you know, of the things we have to worry about and think about. Um, do you feel the same? Absolutely. It's crazy, isn't it? You're just like, you get your head around something and something, it all changes again or shoots up into the air and you've got to rechange it. I do think sustainability is so super important. I mean, mm don't need to even say to you why. I mean, it's really obvious. And it's just like, it's becoming a hygiene factor. Yes. I remember when I joined, you know, health, convenience, they were the hygiene factors. Today yes. it's sustainability, well-being, yeah. um, you know, obviously in our area, HFSS, which is probably linked to well-being really. But they're hugely becoming hygiene factors of how we need to sort out this business. Back to your point about marketeers having to be the most adaptable employees in any organization. <laughs> you just, you have to be able to see what's on the mind of your customers and, and adapt. And, and serve them in the best way, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. if we don't, Capri's so big, they will tell us. Oh, they yes. are vocal <laughs> and they will tell us. And too right, you know, yeah. too right. They no, should. No, absolutely. Um, in the last year, I guess, you know, the way you've done marketing and the way you've kind of, you know, managed your teams, I'm sure has changed quite dramatically as well. Do you have any personal lessons or some learnings of what, you know, you personally in the last 18 months have kind of changed in the way you do your marketing or manage your teams? Oh, this pandemic in the last 18 months. Wow. Um, 2020 generosity was obviously really important in different places from supporting NHS Mm -hmm. to supporting each other. And as business, you know, people went back to trusted brands that they've always loved. So Cadbury had a strong year, actually, as its trusted, loved brand, because treating you know, comfort eating as well. We all did it, let's be honest. We Uh all did it during the pandemic. And because chocolate gives you a moment of comfort, but we had our challenges, like supply chain issues. Demand became huge. Mm. Uh, It meant that we had to make changes, had to rationalise our portfolio, had to change things around. And we became a stronger cross-functional team because of it. And I think that's been brilliant. And the impact as a big business and a big brand for Cadbury has been, it's been very positive. Cadbury did very well, but we're really conscious that for smaller companies who could no longer trade because the doors were shut, you know, that left a big dent, a big mm. hole. So we did help. We decided to help. And so when small businesses had to shut the doors, their doors, we opened ours, enabled them to sell their products on our e-commerce platform. So we also changed our advertising to hero their brands and their products. Mm-hmm. This became our For the Love of Chocolate campaign, where we directly promoted smaller businesses in the same space as us to help them get through this difficult time. So in that context, I guess we learned that sometimes it pays to be generous as a business too. Nice. That's a lovely story. Um, I guess just to finish off, let's talk about the future. You know, what's the next round for Cadbury? You know, you've done your brand reset. You've navigated mm-hmm. a pandemic, you know, a couple of small little <laughs> small little accomplishments in the last few years, Benazir. So I guess I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. What, what's what's next? What's the next round? It's not just me. It's been massive, big, massive <laughs> course, teams, massive organisation involved. I cannot take the credit. Uh, key challenge... Uh, I've mentioned it, it's adapting to upcoming HFSS regulations. We're preparing for it, but we know it's going to be a big period of transition for us. Um, And like you say, marketers, we've got to adapt. We're the quickest to learn and flex and adapt to the context where we'll have hopefully an advantage, but hopefully it'll be the end of COVID. I really hope so. Mm. Um, But yeah, that's the thing. That's our key, key challenge that we're working really hard on as a business now. 
that's a small little matter for you to deal with. It's massive. It's massive. If only only the listeners could see your face right now. (laughs) I I feel the weight. I'm just looking at you. I feel the weight, the weight of that, that one. That's, that's a biggie. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I mean, I love your enthusiasm and your exuberance for the brand. You're such a great ambassador for, for Cadbury's and, and, and Mondelez. And I've learned a lot talking to you. It's been such a great conversation. Thank um, thank you so much for making the time to, um, to tell us a bit about, you know, the next round for Cadbury's and, and how you've kind of helped this brand kind of do its reset. It's, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robin. Been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Next Round. I hope you found it as interesting as I did and can take some insights back to your own marketing. In the next episode, I chat to Craig Inglis, former customer director at John Lewis & Partners. If you could rate and share this podcast, it would really help others to find these great stories. I'd also love to carry on the conversation and hear what you think. We'll be sharing and chatting about it on LinkedIn and Twitter. The Next Round is brought to you by AAR, the experts in marketing ecosystems. At AAR, we are a multidisciplined team of consultants who have strong and well-informed views on what brands need to do to overcome today's marketing challenges in order to better connect their businesses to their customers and drive growth. Thanks for listening and see you next time.